the very first battle of the Revolutionary War was fought on the front lawn of a church, and it was the men and deacons and members of that church, led by their pastor, who got out and got engaged. So pastors today, many of you are sitting quiet. You're talking about witnessing to people, but have you ever witnessed to your county commissioners, your school board members? Can you name half of can you name one school board member or county commissioner? And and more importantly, can they name you? Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Pleasure, friend, to have you stop by today. We got something exciting to talk about. This weekend is the Culture Engagement Summit. This Saturday, April 30th, right here in Memphis, Tennessee. What's it all about? Well, we're going to discover with our guest today who's created and organized, and he's got a team of people that are coming, engaging the culture. And we as Christians get that biblical worldview to know how we do that from God's Word. And Dr. Chris Hughes is the founder of Citizens for America Foundation. Chris, it's so good to have you in Memphis. Thanks for stopping by the show. Byron, I'm so excited to be with you today and get to share with your listeners. And what an opportunity to be at Bot Radio, a great Christian radio network. And I'm honored to be with you today. You told me you know Dick Bot. Yes, sir. You know, Bot Radio is not just a radio show or radio station. It's a ministry reaching the world for Jesus. And I'm so grateful for the work y'all do. That's what I love about Christian broadcasting, which I've been in for a number of years and have worked with the bots 20 years here. My second time, the first time when they moved to Memphis, first stint was about seven years before we left to go with Transworld Radio and broadcast overseas, Northeast and Southeast Asia. Something about the power of God's Word being broadcast. I like to look at it, Chris, like an electronic seed spreader. God's Word is the seed. The medium of radio is that electronic means that it's spread out through the teaching of God's Word, lands on the hearts of people. We have listeners in prison right now that are hearing this program. And we get letters from them, letters from moms. We get letters from dads and all kinds of people that are in different places of life. And many have said they've come to faith in Christ by these programs. Right. It was so encouraging. It is. So you made the drive from Booneville. Is that right? Boone, North uh, Carolina. Boone, Boone North Carolina. Named Car- after Daniel Boone. Yes. Boone. Oh, Daniel Boone. So you made the drive and everything go well? Yeah, it's great. We are relocating our ministry here to Memphis, and so we're in the process of getting that all set up and then hosting this big event coming up this Saturday. Now, I noticed in your bio that you are a celebrity chef. <laughs> How did you achieve that status? Well, you know, if, if, if for those who are listening by radio, you can't see I'm a short, fat guy. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that. And we, I was just teasing him before we went on the air that we're close to a barbecue restaurant. Uh, so years ago, and actually this is a great connection I have to, to Memphis – uh, there's a big barbecue competition coming up here next month called the Memphis and May, which is the Super Bowl of Swine, the yep. World Championship of Barbecue. And I used to travel and compete on the barbecue circuit in the Memphis and May circuit uh, years ago. And they had a TV cooking show for eight years. And my very first appearance on the Food Network was right here in Memphis. Is it Dyer's or Dyer's? There's a famous yeah, hamburger place yeah, where Dyer's. they deep fry and grease. It's like 100 years old. <laughs> yeah. And my very first show years ago on the Food Network was at that restaurant. That's a great story. What was the name of your barbecue group? Uh, well, the competition group, first I was with a group called Oink, Cackle, and Moo, and I was a team member of that, and then I had my own, so you're tying to radio here, I, there was a local radio station that had a giant trailer that looked like a boombox, and they would go do live remotes, and they they sold the thing. I bought it, so I called, I bought that big thing, and then I called it WBBQ Radio, and that was my competition team, WBBQ. I love that, Chris. I love barbecue. We were just talking about Central Barbecue, so we'll have to get some of that before you leave town. We will. 
Can you remember back in grade school when you first learned about the history of this country? Do you remember what you might have discovered first about the history of our country? Well, in my mind, we were founded as a Christian nation, and that's not talked about very much uh, in our country today. But but our founding fathers were, and if you really study the history, they were Christians. If you look at the Constitution of the United States, almost every part of the Constitution comes from the Bible. The Bible had a huge influence on the founding of our nation, but you don't see that taught in history anymore around our country. Yeah. What's your definition, Chris, of a citizen of America and our responsibility to have that title? Well, we need to be engaged, and we need to be involved in our country, and particularly as Christians. And that's an area where the church has really failed. We have turned over the culture and the government to people who in many cases are not Christians, and churches are not engaged. And that's a big part of what we're doing at Citizens for America is trying to encourage Christians. You mentioned the opening of the show about having a biblical worldview. And so if your listeners are hearing this and they're like, what is a biblical worldview? Well, we all have a worldview. A worldview is the lens through which we see the world. And for Christians, that lens should be the Bible. And we need to be engaged and know what the Bible teaches on various issues and, and be able to explain it. The Mayflower Compact was written for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Now, if this was the original colonists' intent to settle this land and establish its government as a Christian nation, where can we trace the first signs of disloyalty to that intent? Well, you know, sins in our world everywhere, and 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 all probably all throughout our history, it, it crept in. But really, since about 1960, it's really gotten bad in our country. You know, when they had um, the times of of um, free sex and free love, which has really led to a moral degradation that we have today, and then. Uh, one of the worst things that happened in our country is the decision of Roe v. Wade in 1973, and now we've seen nearly 63 million babies brutally yes. murdered through abortion. So, in our where country. was the church, Chris, during this time? Silent. And, and that is a problem that we have. And we're still silent today. And that's what we're trying to do is wake up the church. That's why our great event coming up in Memphis this coming Saturday on April 30th is called the Culture Engagement Summit. And we are trying to challenge the church to be silent no more because when the church is silent, evil is going to rise up. What are the key elements do you feel for a Christian to successfully engage the culture where we're living in right now? Well, that's a great question. So this is going to take a little bit of an explanation. One, as a Christian, we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. We profess to be Christians, but I'm sure you're familiar with George Barna. I don't know if George has ever been on your show, but George Barna is a Christian pollster. Uh, George has found that there are over 40 million people in the United States of America who uh, claim to be evangelical Christians who were eligible to vote, meaning they're the right age, they're, they're not criminals, eligible to vote, and are not even registered to vote. Uh, and then most of us consider ourselves faithful churchgoers, but his survey found that people that think they're faithful churchgoers only attend one out of three weeks. I mean, imagine if your wife only showed up once every three weeks. Yeah. I don't think you'd think she's very faithful. <laughs> you know, no. We're supposed to be the bride of Christ. We need to go to church. And then he found out that of pastors who claim to be evangelical pastors, only about 10 percent, 10 percent ever address the issues that we consider cultural issues like transgender, abortion, homosexuality, traditional family, those kind of issues. 
Well, if you are a Christian, but you never read your Bible, and again, let's just be honest. Most of us do not read it every day, So, if, or, and some never read it. So if you don't read your Bible, you don't go to church, or you only go once every three weeks, and you sit under a pastor who never addresses these issues, you probably don't know what the Bible says on those issues. Uh, so we need to understand, first and foremost, what we believe and why we believe it. We need to register to vote and get educated on the issues that are out there so we can elect godly men and women to public office. And, and then what our organization, the Citizens for America Foundation, does is we, we want to train Christians. You know, We want them to get registered to vote. We want to educate them on the issues that are in culture today and then encourage them to take that biblical worldview, not just in the arena of every day of life, but specifically to the engage in the arena of public policy and politics. Yeah. So, so how do we do that? Well, as I said, register to vote. Find out who's running for office. Y'all have some big elections in Memphis right now. I mean, I've yeah. been listening to the radio yeah. uh, the last 24 hours. Some, some hot stuff going on yeah. in Memphis. You know, and, and, and really all across the country, we have some key United States Senate races this year, some governor's races across the country, and every congressman is up for election. And the, one reason this is so important this year, I don't know if you recall, but back in December, the United States Supreme Court heard a, a very important abortion case. It's the Dobbs case. And it's the biggest abortion case to be heard by the Supreme Court really since 1973. And at that time, we had a very liberal court. Today, we hope that we have – we're going to find out. You know, We hope that we have some conservative justices on the Supreme Court. And we think in June that they're going to make a decision – and we're praying, and we believe, based on how it went uh, in the oral arguments in December, we believe that in June that the courts may send uh, abortion back to states. So in 1973, what happened was uh, the court said that women had a constitutional right to abortion. Now, I've read the Constitution. I, I don't know how they twisted that, but yeah. you know, that's what they said. But if they now decide that you don't have a United States constitutional right to abortion, it becomes a state's issue, it's going to be more important than ever yeah. for Christians to be engaged in this arena because that means it will be decided on a state-by-state basis. So it's going to be important to elect godly men and women to state house and state senate and to district judges and state Supreme Court judge positions who will help determine, you know, hopefully – that at least at the heartbeat that there is a life and no more abortion. You know, there seems to be such an apathy, especially even among evangelicals. A poll, you mentioned Barna, a poll recently released by Barna Group examined how informed voters were about the 2016 presidential election. 20% of evangelicals claim to be following very closely. Non-Christian faiths such as Islam, Buddhism, marked the highest level of engagement at 41%, while religious skeptics, atheists, agnostics, indicated 36% engagement why would it seem that evangelical voters seem less concerned in the presidential election? Well, I think we've bought into the lie. Uh, well, one, I think a lot of Christians think their don't, their vote doesn't count, and that's just simply not true. Uh, there are so many cases of uh, elections all across the country where they were very, very close. Uh, there was a mayor in Houston a few years ago uh, who was requiring pastors to submit their sermons to her. She was a lesbian mayor before they could preach on a Sunday. Well, she very few people voted in her election, and there were three or four churches in town that all had memberships greater than the turnout. If just one of those churches had turned out, she would have never gotten elected. So, one, we need to understand that our vote does count. And then secondly, a lot of Christians like to cry, well, separation of church and state, which is what the liberals want us to say. There is Read the Constitution, folks. It only takes you about 30 minutes. There is nothing in the Constitution. That is a lie that people have been taught and bought that there's a separation of church and state. That's not. Uh, now, the, the church is supposed to be protected by the state, but there's nothing forbidding the, the church getting involved in politics right. and 
governing. And and so we've just bought into this lie and we sit back, we're apathetic, and, and then others think that we shouldn't be engaged in the public arena. What we don't understand is in the book of Genesis, God created this earth, and he gave us as humans and as created in his image to have dominion over everything in this world. And, and government is part of the things that's going on in this world yeah. that we have dominion over. Right. And God's going to hold us accountable for what we've not done. Isn't, though, instilling biblical values in the culture without regeneration by the gospel only making people religious without the ability to maintain those values? Yeah, we've got to keep Jesus first in everything that we're doing. And I get criticized sometimes for saying I'm a culture warrior involved in the culture. A real good friend of mine has been a friend for years recently confronted me and said, well, you're an evangelist, which you know, which is what I've done for 25 years is travel the world and preach. And he said, I'm really upset that you're not caring about souls anymore and you're worried about the culture. And I said, brother – uh, yeah, I want to impact the culture for Jesus, but I want to tell you there's no better way to impact the culture for Jesus than to win the culture for Jesus. Yeah. We've got to evangelize and tell others and let them build that strong biblical faith to change this culture. And the message of change is the gospel. Yes. Christ did die for our sins. And I think that's one of the issues, too, when we look at the sins of America. We've lost the sense of what sin is. Well, most pastors don't preach. I mean, think. Well, you may, I hope you go to a strong Bible believing, Bible preaching yeah. church. But those of the listening, yes, think about when's the last time your pastor preached about sin? When did he ever mention hell? And that's another problem today. You know, people say, "Well, don't preach about hell because you don't. Want, Lord forbid, you don't want to get uncomfortable in church. You want a Mac sermon that's going to make you feel good. You know, like a McDonald's Happy Meal. Yeah. But that's not what happens. And whether you believe in hell or not doesn't is irrelevant because you're going there if you don't believe in it. It's real, and sin is a problem. And sin separates us from God. But when you have a culture, even within the church, that never talks about sin or really believes that there's sin or a punishment for it, we've got a real issue. Well, let's remind friends listening right now that this Saturday is the time that you need to make plans to come to the Culture Engagement Summit, Saturday, April 30th, and you can get tickets. They start at $15. There's a free lunch attached to that. Go to the website, Citizens for America foundation.com slash summit. If you go to the website, just type in citizensforamericafoundation.com. If you go to citizensforamericafoundation.com, right as soon as you hit the page, a big old red button jumps out and says Culture Engagement Summit. If you click that, you can register. And let me tell you, these are some of the biggest names in the Christian world and political world that are coming today. Dr. Robert Jeffers, who is really kind of America's pastor, and well, I think he's on your network Pathway a lot, to Victory, Monday through yeah. Friday, 9.30 a.m., right here on Bot Radio Network. So if you're a local listener or in the region, I mean, I would go just to hear him preach. But he's going to be there. Uh, former Congressman Mark Meadows, who is the chief of staff to President Trump, one of the most powerful men in the world, is going to be there. Senator Marsha Blackburn, Senator Rick Scott are all speaking, and a lot. Of, so we also have a lot of people. You know, I mentioned that we want to educate people on issues. So there's a man coming named Scott Klusendorf. Scott Klusendorf is probably the best in the world on explaining how we can uh, talk about the pro-life issue, and he he gives not just from a biblical viewpoint, but he talks about science because I know a lot of our college students listening, you know, don't know how to explain it from a scientific viewpoint. Uh, we've got a guy named Jay Siegert who is coming to talk about creationism and and, and how uh, God really did create it, not in a big bang, but like the Bible says, that he created this world. We've got a group bringing in like a mobile fossil museum that's also going to be really cool. we got so many great things going on, and there's something for everybody. If you're a gun lover, Gun Owners of America is coming, and they're bringing, I don't know if you remember, uh, about three years ago, there was a church shooting in Texas, and there was uh, a bad guy went and shot some people in the church 
and a man got an AR-15 out of his truck and shot the bad guy, Stephen Williford. He's coming here. So there's a little bit of something for everybody at CitizensForAmericaFoundation.com. Can you go and just sign up the day of the event? Well, I'm trying to encourage people to sign up in advance because I'm offering a free lunch, and I've got to make sure I've got enough lunch <laughs> for you. But, food. but certainly, yes. I mean, if people do show up, we're going to make you pull out your phone and register because yeah. we've got to have a track. Uh, you know, for security reasons, we're keeping track of everybody right. sure. in the building. Chris, I found this interesting. You know, we talk about education and public schools you know, across the country and civics. And I thought this was interesting that only nine states in the District of Columbia require one year of U.S. government or civics, while 30 states require half a year, and the other 11 states have no civics requirements. Most states have dedicated insufficient class time to understanding the basic functions of government. An examination of standards for civics and U.S. government courses found that 32 states and the District of Columbia provide instruction on America democracy and other systems of government, the history of the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and explanation of mechanisms for public participation and instruction on state and local voting policies. The national average, Chris, U.S. government exam score, 2.64 out of 5. Most colleges require a 3.0 or higher, and some require a score of 4.0 to qualify for a college credit. That's where we are in our education system with our kids. Well, and I travel and speak on college campuses across the country, and civics is a real issue because young people today don't understand how our government works, and, and which is an issue. You know, Also, how do you know to vote if you don't know how the government works? They don't understand the history of our country. And what really burns me up is, as you just sh- showed, they're not learning about civics, but yet they're trying to get our five- and six-year-old kids to identify as transgender. They're having drag queen story hours. There's a major uh, sex actual deviancy or uh, indoctrination going on in schools across the country, but they're not teaching the subjects that we always thought were important growing up ourselves. What are we going to do? We have got to engage in the culture for Jesus and elect godly men and women to public office. And I tell you, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people like to get excited about presidential races or Senate races. All that's important. But to me, uh, and this is going to shock some people, but to me, the most important elected position is a local school board. Because those local school boards are really elections that we can control. There's something called voter uh, ballot drop-off where, let's say, a million people might vote for president, then only 100,000 vote for those local areas. Well, that's our community. We can have a bigger impact on these local elections than we yeah. can anywhere else. And our school boards determine what curriculum is taught in the schools who's hired in our schools. We need to elect, first and foremost, godly men and women to our public schools because that's our children and grandchildren that are being indoctrinated. And we need to wake up and get engaged in that local arena. Chris, what have been some of the biggest hurdles to overcome when teaching Christians what it means to have a biblical worldview? Are you finding that people are just too complacent or they just don't have the information available to them? Well, there are complacent. We all probably have 10 or 12 Bibles sitting around our house with dust on it, so the information is available. We're just not taking the time uh, to read it and study it. I mean, a simple little Google, Google search today, and uh, you know, you, and I, you know, when you and I were growing up, you're not as old as me, but you know, when we were growing up, we, we didn't have, we had to go to the library or, or world book, but now with you pull out your phone in five seconds, you can look it up. I don't think a lot of Christians see the urgency. Now, a good thing that happened, there were a lot of bad things that happened with COVID, but one good thing that happened is when kids got sent home, Home, parents started to see the garbage that was being taught in public schools, and that woke them up a little bit. Yeah. So that's changed a little bit. I just hope that doesn't die off. But but parents need to to and and you know, come to organizations like ours and Bart Ready. I mean, goodness, you want to know what's going on? You guys have a great lineup of yeah. speakers, twenty four hours a day, that help educate us on these issues. Let's go back to the balance between being a Christian patriot and one making disciples of all nations. Balance that out for me. You don't have to do one or the other. We can do both. And and 
and I would even challenge you that why not we make disciples in the culture and elected officials. So I'm going to cha- I'm going to step on some toes here, okay? And I'm yep. going to so some of your listeners that are pastors listening right now, pastors when our country was formed, it was pastors that actually helped start the Revolutionary War. They were called the Black Robe Regiment. They would they wore black robes when they preached. They would preach these dynamic sermons about how we needed to stand against the evils of what was happening from the United Kingdom and England. They would take off their robes and they would have a military uniform on underneath. April 18th was this just so just a couple of weeks ago we celebrated the time to remember when Paul Revere made that for, famous ride that night so when we're talking about people not knowing history and civics do your listeners may not realize Paul Revere was sent to warn remember John Hancock had the famous signature on there and Sam Adams they were two of the most famous founding fathers he was being sent to really warn them he told other people along the way yeah. they were hiding in the home of a pastor in Lexington Massachusetts the very first battle of the Revolutionary War was fought on the front lawn of a church, and it was the men and deacons and members of that church, led by their pastor, who got out and got engaged. So pastors today, many of you are sitting quiet. You're talking about witnessing to people, but have you ever witnessed to your county commissioners, your school board members? Can you name half of can you name one school board member a county commissioner? And and more importantly, can they name you? We're not being engaged for Jesus. You need to go meet your county commissioners, your school board members, your state representatives, and just don't wait till you're mad about something. Go meet them now and just let them know you love them and you're praying for them yeah. and be a witness to them. And most pastors are not known by any of their elected officials in their community, and they need to do that. Again, friend, don't forget now, you need to go to the website right now because this Saturday is the Culture Engagement Summit, citizensforamericafoundation.com. As I said, tickets are only $15. It is a, a great value for what you're going to receive. Chris has already mentioned some of the speakers. There's also a free lunch attached to that, yeah. so we need to get you registered right away. I think the doors open Saturday. S- 7 o'clock. So, and again, I want you to register in advance, but I'm going to order some extra lunches. So y'all come. Pack the house. Make me have to go buy some of that barbecue <laughs> in Memphis and, uh, and and get more people here. But the doors open at 7. The event begins at 8.30. There are nearly 40 speakers. It's going to be incredible. Are you taking this summit other cities around the country? Well, we're branding. So our our vision is to try to really grow in the Memphis area and create a ministry hub. And this is going to be – we want this to be the annual event in Memphis. But we're doing things like this in other areas. But this is the Culture Engagement Summit here. Take me back to pre-Chris Hughes being involved. When was a wake-up call for you? Five-year-old kindergarten. Really? So, I mean, well, what culture? I ran for class president in, in kindergarten. But uh, really, this is, you know, being involved in, in – I believe that we uh, – you know, and, and, I, and people are going to say, you sound self-righteous. I believe we have a responsibility to serve other people. Jesus was our example. He served other people. And, and I've always had a passion for being involved in my community no matter where we were or what we did. And so I started getting involved in campaigns when I was 15 years old and, wow. and have never stopped. What excites you most about getting involved? I mean, there's got to be something that drives you. Well, one, I believe that God's called us to do that, and I really yeah. do believe that. Yeah. Okay, so so uh, a lot of people ignore, them, particularly churches and Christians. You, Again, I'm going to offend some people here. I mean, you could be a drug addict or a crackhead or whatever and change your life, and the church will accept you. I can walk into church today and say I'm an elected official, and they act like I have the plague. Yeah. And we've got to get over that because, you know, if I'm if you think I'm a sinner, fine, witness to me. But, but those politicians need to hear about Jesus just like anybody else. And I, I had an old pastor friend of mine that used to say, we have to build a friendship bridge, and when we do, we earn the right to share Jesus with others. And I've now had the opportunity with people who I disagree with on many, many issues, but I can still love them with Jesus, and I take them to lunch. I mean, 
I get to interact with some very powerful people in this world and tell them about Jesus. And I mean, even even with I know a lot of people may not like Donald Trump, but I had many times on the telephone the opportunity uh, to be involved in conversations and pray with the president and others. And and it's just a passion for me. I mean, I don't just witness to them. I believe that we need. Look, I believe Jesus is coming again, and and when you read the Bible, basically everything the Bible said was going to happen before he came back has happened, and he could he may not come for a thousand years, but if you look at Bible prophecy, he could come back before we finish this interview today. Yeah. And as a Christian, we need to live our lives with urgency. I know this is crazy. I pray for President Biden if he's not a Christian. I, I pray for President Obama. Imagine if Barack Obama, one of the most influential men in the world, and I don't agree with hardly anything that he stands for, what if we could lead him to Jesus. Can you imagine the transformation that could take place in this country? We don't yep. need to ignore these people. They need to hear about Jesus. Well, let's go back into the word, Chris, where we're instructed to pray for those in authority. Yes. It's a command. It's not yeah. It's not something we just think about doing. God wants us to do it. And if we're not doing it, we're not being obedient. Yeah. There's a biblical worldview right there. Just take that principle right there. Pray for those officials. And when you talk about the school board, that we can make a difference by connecting with our school board. Even if, you, even if you just get one elected, but just go to a meeting. Don't yell at them about something they're doing. Don't wait till they do something bad. Just go into the meeting, you know, give them a little card, and just say, I want you to know I'm praying for you. If you ever have an issue, call me. No one else has ever done that yeah. to them. Imagine the impact it would have. Well, you talk about Moon, North Carolina. The late Dr. Billy Graham said, unless America turns back to God and repents of its sin and experiences a spiritual revival, we will fail as a nation. And we will. And that's where we're headed right now. God have mercy on us for his people to be obedient to his word, to engage the culture, engage it with the gospel, engage it with the truth of his word, which speaks to all of the issues that we're experiencing. But everything that we're looking at today, the Bible is relevant for. Isn't that beautiful? And we've got to understand as Christians, because there's a part of society that tells us, and particularly in colleges and high schools across the country, that the Bible's not true. It's just a myth or stories. But we have to understand as Christians, God's word is true. All of it's true or none of it's true. And it's true, and it addresses every issue that we face. How can friends learn more about Citizens for American Foundation? Okay, so go to citizensforamericafoundation.com. I know that's a mouthful, but citizensforamericafoundation.com. You can sign up to get reports and newsletters from us. We do webinars and updates. And particularly those of you in, in the uh, Mid-South area and in Memphis, we're moving our new national headquarters to Memphis. We're going to have a lot going on here. Now, how soon are you going to be coming? Well, I'm hanging pictures later today when I get off the radio uh, with you. <laughs> okay. Your wife's with you? you a family we're, we're in the transition my kids are in college now yeah, but yeah. Uh, we're, we're working on get my wife here too yeah dr chris hughes thanks for being on our program today mid-south viewpoint again friend you've got to get your tickets for the culture engagement summit this saturday april 30th tickets are only 15 dollars. there's a free lunch attached to it as i mentioned go to citizensforamericafoundation.com citizensforamericafoundation.com and we're going to have to say goodbye. Chris, you're going to have to come back on the show. I'd love to be back. Welcome to Memphis. Thank you. Let's go get some Central Barbecue. we got to do that. All right. God bless you. Well, friends, thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. Bye-bye. Mid-South Viewpoint, on the air now for 36 years. Today's show is available on our website at botradionetwork.com and on podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Music.